0: Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook.
1: We've got Alex Cook with us. How are you, mate? I'm very well, mate. Fantastic Great to see you with you. Very good. Now we've been getting some questions through Facebook as well. One of them came through uh, asking the question: What are the rules for qualifying for? and continuing to receive the age pension for citizens long-term overseas and permanent residents currently living overseas. What are your thoughts on that, mate?
0: Mm, look, it's a great question. So this couple uh, is a missionary couple over in Asia, from what I could uh, tell from the question. And uh, first first thing to say is Centrelink and Social Security uh, – has a fair bit of detail to it so the first thing i want to do is let them know the website that they should jump on and that's when they can get a lot of this information so very important if you're listening to this and you're thinking about centrelink and age pensions the website you need is servicesaustralia.gov.au, okay? So that's the website you need to check out if you're exploring the age pension. Uh, but to jump more into the question itself, so the age that you can generally access the age pension uh, for the majority of us is age 67. And the question though, and this one is a bit more unique because this person's a missionary as I say, is can you access it whilst you're overseas? And the short answer to that and good news is yes, you can. So if you're an Australian citizen, you're living overseas both short term or long term uh, and you qualify for the age pension based on certain tests and I'll explain those in a minute, but you can access the age pension at a slightly reduced rate. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the two tests that apply to anyone who's thinking about Centrelink uh, is what's often called the assets test and the income test. So when you're applying for the age pension, there are two tests uh, that that get applied to you. Uh, The first is your assets, and they assess you as either single or as a couple and as a homeowner or as a non-homeowner. And based on those factors, if your assets are below a certain threshold, then you get access to the full age pension. If you're above that, but below an upper limit, then you get a part pension. So that's the first test, and that's based on the number of assets you have. And note that your primary residence is excluded. So if you, you you live somewhere in a particular home that you own, that's excluded. The second test that gets applied to everyone is what's called the income test. So they wanna know all your income from various sources. Um, Once again, it works on the same principle. There are thresholds. If you earn below a certain amount, you might be entitled to a full age pension. And if you're above but below a certain higher threshold, then you'll be eligible for a part pension. Now, what they do is they apply both the tests, so both the assets and the income test, and whichever produces the lower age pension result is the one that applies. So um, so long and short of it, the good news is for, the, for this particular person is, yep, you can access it from age 67, even if you're overseas, um, slightly lower rate, and it's just going to be based on your particular financial situation according to those two tests, the assets and income test. Um, And if you want more information, as I say, jump on servicesaustralia.gov.au. Fantastic.
1: Thank you so so much, Alex. And if people do want to ask any questions, they can call now. Alex, we're going to launch a new series today looking at the biblical position on prosperity. Uh, Just unpack Mm. what what does that word really mean uh, from a biblical point of view, Mm. mate? (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, I'll start with a dictionary definition and then I'll go into the the biblical position on it. So the word prosperity, obviously, we've all heard of it before. And from a dictionary perspective, it says a successful, flourishing or thriving condition, including in financial respects and good fortune. Right. So it sounds pretty appealing. (laughs) But the biblical version, I believe, is different. But there's one word from that dictionary definition that really jumps out at me. And that is the word flourishing. And the biblical definition of um, of prosperity, in my view, is when a human being flourishes in all the areas of their life. And so we should flourish in a relational sense. So that could be you know, in our marriage or with relationships with others, uh, and especially with our relationship with God. Uh, we should flourish uh, in, a, in a financial sense, and I'll unpack that one a bit more because that's obviously the controversial one um, physically, and of course, importantly, spiritually as well. Um, Now, we mustn't forget that ultimately our greatest responsibility as believers is to build God's kingdom and to share the good news. But part of that process involves helping people to flourish. So, for example, if people are financially poor, i.e. they're not flourishing in that sense, we need to help them. That's part of our responsibility, and we can't uh, negate that as Christians. You know, it's really important that we do that. Um, But the one that obviously courts the most uh, concern and controversy in the church, and this is where, once again, all these sort of extremes exist, is around financial prosperity and what that actually looks like. So... I don't define financial prosperity as someone who is wealthy, okay? To me, it's someone who has what I would call financial well-being. okay? So they're financially healthy. That is, they're not enslaved to their money. And by that, there can be two parts to that. One, you could be enslaved in a practical sense to your debt. You know, you've got too much debt and therefore you're, you're very limited in what you can do. But there's also enslaved in the spiritual sense where you fall in love with money And you're you're enslaved to it, but it's become an idol in your life, and you're enslaved to money in that sense. It's become your master rather than your servant, and that's when it becomes very dangerous. Um, So to me, someone who's financially prosperous, they have all their needs met. Uh, And that's, you know, it's not about having all your wants and desires, but rather about having your needs met, they can look after their families effectively, and and they can get ahead. You know, they don't necessarily have to have large amounts of money at all. In fact, someone who say, you know, they're 21 years of age, fresh out of uni, um, with little money at all, but they could still... Have financial well-being you know they're not enslaved to their money they've got the right perspective the right attitude uh, and they can meet their needs so that would be someone who is you know financially prosperous Um, it doesn't have to be about having a lot of money But I think the important point here to understand from a Christian perspective, though, is that prosperity is a holistic concept. You know, it's not just limited to to money. You know, in 3 John, great passage, one that's quoted a lot, is, you know, beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So it's a holistic thing. It's not just one area of your life. And I think that's the danger when people get fixated on one particular area, and particularly, obviously, uh, money as part of it so yeah but it's an important thing though that we have this right perspective on it
1: and there's another verse that I one of my favorite uh, life verses is Joshua 1 verse 8 uh, it's a well-known one mm. it says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it for then you'll make your way prosperous and you will achieve success now that mm. is a great Scripture. promise from God's word and obviously it was, you know, uh, in Joshua's time for the people of Israel, But we can appropriate that to that to us today, uh, but the, often that one is quoted out of context as well, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. But I think the key to it, though, and this is, you know, something we want to encourage all listeners to do, is that you meditate on God's word day yeah. and night. So yeah. when you, I mean, And I don't want to sound legalistic because that's not the intention at all. But, you know, when you get up in the morning, start your day with God's word. When you go to bed at night, finish your day with God's word. And when you're mulling over it and you're meditating on it, you're, God is speaking to you through it. And by default, when you start, therefore, you've you've absorbed it, and you're starting to live it out in your life. The natural outcome of that will be prosperous in various areas in your life. You know, um, you know. I always I use the example of a marriage. Who is going to have a more successful marriage? The person who reads God's word every day and seeks to live by it, or the person who doesn't? And of course, the answer is obvious: the one who's who, who meditates on God's Word day in, day out, they're going to have a, you know, a sound marriage as a result. Not perfect, because no, no one does, but more it's just the fact that they are allowing God to speak to them and uh, change them through His Word.
1: So, Alex, uh, answer this for me. So, so what does financial prosperity look like to you?
0: Mm. So as I indicated before, the, thing, the way I look at it is it's financial well-being or financial health, not necessarily material wealth. Material wealth, by the way, can indeed be a blessing because wealth is not bad. Nowhere in the Bible does it paint wealth itself as as evil or bad it can just be dangerous in the sense that you can fall in love with it. That's, the Bible's messages about wealth are often warning messages, but nowhere does it paint it as wrong to have it, etc. And, of course, we can do amazing good with it. You know, I think of you guys at Vision and the amazing good you can do, uh, and the, you know, every year you guys are adding new stations around the country, that takes financial resources to do so. So we should be looking at financial prosperity as a good thing uh, something we should be encouraging and helping people to do it the right way. Um, but when we break it down, so as I say I use that expression, financial well-being, I break it into sort of two dimensions if you like. One is the, the spiritual dimension and the second is the practical dimension. So under the sort of spiritual dimension, I think it's important that we make sure that money is it's in its rightful position. That is, you know, it's beneath God, we elevate God as king of kings uh, and money is just simply a tool. You know, we need to make sure that God is the one getting the glory, not the person with the money, so to speak. Um, So it's having that right perspective about money that's critical. And then the second thing is the practical outworking all of this. And so, you know, when when you meet people and you hear different people's financial stories, one of the things that's, you know, common and, of course, a big issue at the moment with rising interest rates is their debt. Uh, can become unmanageable and that therefore they become enslaved. So, someone who to me uh who has financial well well being uh, is not enslaved. That doesn't mean they don't have any debt, because you know most of us have debt on a home loan and so forth. But it's more that it's manageable and it's not going to put them into a situation where they can't fulfill their Christian obligations, such as living a you know a generous life. Um, the second dimension to that practical side of it is their needs are met. So you know the um, Bible says, seek first His kingdom, and all these things will be given unto you. So we need to have. God as first and foremost in our life and he will take care of our needs it's a great promise uh, from scripture and we also and also the other aspect of well-being is that our families are well looked after you know we have a responsibility as as parents to raise our kids and to, and to look after them and to meet the needs of those in our family um, that they should have an ability to save and to get ahead and that money doesn't become a source of tension in their relationships so as I say it's multifaceted but I summarize it with this idea that you are in financial health so you're not necessarily well off in the, in the worldly sense but you have good control over your finances you've got in the right uh, perspective spiritually and you're not um, enslaved to it you know you're using it in a way as a, a tool for doing good where you can live a generous life meet all your needs and provide for your family and build god's kingdom with it
1: and i can just see alex has just called through on the phone because the computer connection there isn't working we'll bring him back on you there mate Alex. I am back back with you. i got you back, <laughs> my brother. Now, uh, I've just got a caller who's uh, on the line as well. So we might just uh, bring Jonathan in. Jonathan's from Perth in WA. Uh, Jonathan, are you there, mate? Thank you. Yeah. I'm Have you the... got a question for
2: Alex? Uh, I want to make a comment. Yes, yeah, sure. Go for it. Yes. Uh, what I know, uh, from the beginning of the creation, God prepared everything for man. So to prosper, to have everything as a creator, he prepared everything for men. So that's it when we talk about prosperity, it's not just based on material things. Because God knew that we need it, so he prepared for them, for us to have them. But I look, when you talk about prosper, you know Isaiah 53 verse 8 and 9 say that, my ways and your ways and my talks and your talk are not the same. So when you talk about prosper, in other ways, it means to have relationship with God and to to really have connection as a father to our ways of doing things, our thinking, everything should be very, very fruitful. But sometimes we boil it up into materialism, that God says, I have material things, and oh, no, relationship is better than having these things, because you can have them, and without God, you can be very miserable. So that's why I look at it, but the church today is not teaching. they just about prosperity and material things. It's not only material things.
1: Wonderful. Jonathan, thank you so much for that. Alex, any thoughts or comments?
0: Mm, well, I'm just uh, listening to what you was saying there about, you know, God's ways are not our ways and, he, you know, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's spot on. But also uh, the other comment I was picking up on there was about, you know, God is a loving father. And as, as a loving father, he wants us to have that right relationship with him and he's designed us to, to prosper. Um, so, yeah, I think some really useful things uh, in what he was saying. So thanks, Jonathan.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for your call, Jonathan. And uh, Alex, our time is almost up, but uh, I was just mentioning uh, after you dropped out there, I was just mentioning that uh, your website is wealthwithpurpose.com. There you've got free eBooks, uh, You've got a toolkit, videos and podcast content. Uh, you're also on social media. Uh, people can look up Wealth With Purpose on there. Uh, any other uh, channels? Are you on TikTok yet, uh, Alex? Or?
0: <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I, uh, my kids are definitely on TikTok. <laughs> and uh, I,
1: I, I, had a, I have a TikTok account. Hard to believe, but I do. There you go. You're getting down. I posted anything yet. Getting down with the young people. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Vision just launched a TikTok channel a few weeks ago. And we went viral on the weekend. We had John Mackay, the creation guy, uh, talking about uh, creation. And it has had 150,000 views in a few days. How cool is that? Oh, wow. So, yeah.
2: Fantastic. Mate,
1: you, can, you can follow visit Christian. Ma- yeah. And, you know, we know the Chinese are spying on us, but, you know, we're hoping that they'll get saved while they're watching us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Alex, thank you so much for your time. And okay, you'll be back with Neil next week. Always uh, love having you on the radio. Thanks for your time. God bless. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Bye. And if you'd like to find out more, once again, the website is wealthwithpurpose.com.